Recently, the South African Revenue Service started a probe into luxury good purchases as part of a clampdown on individuals it suspects are deliberately hiding sources of income from authorities. Now, the probe is part of SARS's efforts to bolster tax compliance and rebuild capacity. To explain how this process could possibly work is Tax Consulting SA's Africa Tax and Compliance Legal Manager, Jashwin Beiju. Uh, Jashwin, straight to the first question, is it even possible to track the purchase of luxury goods? Good afternoon. And straight to the answer, yes it is. So, SARS have an automatic exchange of information in place. And that exchange does not just speak to different jurisdictions, but also different authorities within South Africa. As an example, SARS may, if need be, utilize certain orders to actually procure this information as pertains to a specific taxpayer. And the reason I say that is because SARS do have full access to taxpayers' bank accounts, which means they can see when you swipe and where you swipe and how much you swipe for. Off the back of that, that may very well form the basis for SARS to then directly request from specific service providers a detailed transactional history per taxpayer. Mm. Now, can these assets be attached then if they are tracked in some instance? So any asset can be attached for a non-compliant taxpayer. Mm. And if we look at the very recent media release where SARS mentioned a pilot initiative of utilizing unexplained wealth orders, which may very well be the missing piece of the puzzle mm. to prosecute taxpayers where their lifestyle, you know, it's, it doesn't correlate with their declarations to the revenue authority. And there's possibility of any ill-gotten gains um, that actually result in the unexplained wealth. Mm. And as a tax expert yourself, how would such an audit actually work in your view? So when we look at SARS delving into the wealthy or the affluent, we must bear in mind that lifestyle audits in some shape or form have been present in South Africa since around 2007, Mm. but they've very much been in the shadows and have come to the forefront now in the last, I would say, two years. Mm. With regards to that, it's, it's a fairly straightforward process, really. SARS selects either an audit or verification mechanism on their side. A taxpayer may declare a turnover of $5 million. Um, however, the taxpayer, and as we've seen more recently with Hamilton and Global, where you know social media was actually the giveaway. Mm. And in instances like this, SARS are well within their right because ultimately this just serves as yet another means for SARS to achieve what it's been calling a strategic objective, and that is the detection of non-compliance of fraud through the existence of unexplained wealth, which they confirmed in the 2022 budget speech. Mm. All that happens is a notice is sent out to the taxpayer requesting disclosure of certain assets. Alternatively, a blanket notice is sent to the taxpayer requesting full disclosure of all offshore and local assets, including bank accounts, policies, and any investments. Mm. This does also now include crypto assets. All right? Mm-hmm. So the taxpayer, the taxpayer would then satisfy that request to some extent. SARS would then delve deeper into the documents submitted by the taxpayer, and any inconsistencies picked up would be further investigated. Once this is done, because remember, at this stage, the taxpayer is still very much innocent 
until proven guilty. Yeah. Once this is done and there is substantiative evidence to the contrary in the sense that the taxpayer is hiding, concealing, or under-declaring specific assets or possible revenue streams, that is when SARS may commence with the attachments by virtue of final demands and third-party appointments. You know, you talk of lifestyle audits, and we've been hearing about this over the years, but with this particular stance that SARS is taking, would this be then a random selection process, or would it have to be an investigation that would be targeting persons of interest? No, so remember, SARS has now started what is called a high-wealth individual unit. Yeah. Now, in the high-wealth individual unit, each qualifying taxpayer and qualification threshold is $75 million worth of assets. Each qualifying taxpayer is assigned a team of four individuals, which means at any given time, those four individuals, per specific taxpayer, should have full sight of all affairs. So it will very much take the form of an investigation, but it looks as though it will very much start with the individuals who qualify to be a part of that unit. Mm. Would this then not undermine maybe this uh, innocent until proven guilty legally? Well, no, it wouldn't. I mean, as I mentioned earlier, yeah. the team the of innocent until proven guilty very much still stands. Mm. And SARS does do its homework. We must remember that, especially with the tech upgrades and the implementation of certain artificial intelligence mechanisms on SARS's side, due diligence is very easy for them to run which means before any possible prosecution or attachment may start, the Revenue Authority has already confirmed that, yes, there is something that's not above board that may be going on. Yes, you owe SARS a substantial amount of money. And before commencing with more forcible collection measures, what they will do is raise additional assessments for the taxpayer to settle and give them 30 business days to do so. And uh, how would this process uh, then assist the Revenue Service in monitoring tax return submissions and compliance? So the Revenue Service has very much taken a stance of, you know, their, their objective is to detect high net worth taxpayers who do not comply and make non-compliance hard and costly, which means they're already saying that if you're non-compliant and we pick you up on our radar, it's going to cost you, yeah. whether it is in the form of attaching assets. Because remember, those assets are attached and then liquidated, or in the form of a third-party appointment whereby SARS is recovering to the fiscus a portion of the deficit of either under-declared or non-declared income or assets in terms mm. of capital gains. And they're doing so by virtue of a direct attachment from the taxpayer's bank account, which means ultimately what's happening is the fiscus's collections will go up. And just in wrapping up this conversation, Cheshwin, we have seen some tax evaders uh, use trusts and shell companies to hide their assets. Is this a legitimate form uh, of tax avoidance? Look, I'll be straightforward and very blunt to the point. Um, there is no legitimate form of tax avoidance or evasion. And yes, it may have flown in the past where SARS's powers were not as far-reaching. However, where your tax affairs are correctly structured, mm. and this is from a perspective of being proactive and tax planning, not trying to fix or mitigate something when it's already gone wrong. Where your tax planning has been done correctly, then you are not at risk because these specific offshore structures 
are 100% above board, they're 100% compliant, and SARS is well aware of them, and the correct declarations are being made. All right, Jashwin, unfortunately, we'll have to leave our conversation there, but thank you so much for joining us this afternoon. Thank you, thank you, sir. And that was Tax Consulting South Africa's Africa Tax and Compliance Legal Manager, Jashwin Beiju, on SARS's plans to conduct luxury goods audits, which means now we can't get away with buying those luxury bags, uh, thinking goods we can avoid uh, filing our returns properly. Now it is uh, taking care of business. You're listening to Rise FM.